Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Principal's Desk podcast. My name is David Franklin. I am the founder and creator of the Principal's Desk. And uh, it's hard to believe that this is actually episode nine of our podcast. We started this, it feels like yesterday, but um, we've been going now for, uh, you know, we've had eight episodes already. We're going to get into our ninth one right now. And you know, thousands of listeners, which is amazing. And so thank you for tuning in to uh, another episode here. Uh, this week, I am joined by Garrett Spears. Hey, Garrett, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Garrett is the principal of Burlington High School in Burlington, Oklahoma. And my, uh, you know, my West Coast uh, roots and still where I live, I had to ask, where is Burlington, Oklahoma? So if you're if you're wondering, hey, uh, and he hadn't explained this to me. Uh, this wasn't me on my own here, but uh, northwest border, is that right, of uh, yes. Oklahoma? And then <clears throat> yes. right next to Kansas. So if you're in that area and, uh, hey, you want to go check out some of the things that uh, Garrett's doing here at uh, Burlington High School, you're, you're close by. So um, thanks so much for being here. I was super interested in the topics um, or the topics you want to discuss today because it's something that I think is prevalent everywhere in the country, uh, everywhere in the world, really. And if you're an educator, you see this uh, every single day. And that's it's really just dealing with the mental health struggles uh, of our kids and then also our teachers in this, and I, and I hate to say a post-COVID world, but uh, I feel like that maybe isn't the appropriate term or maybe not, I don't know. But um, here we are, um, I'll timestamp this, You know, almost three years into this whole COVID nightmare that we all been living through here. And, um, you know, as an educator and as a father, I've noticed uh, kids have been struggling. Adults have been struggling here. So, um, Garrett, I know you've got some strategies to share with us and some experience in this area. So uh, before we get started, hey, could you just give our listeners uh, just a little bit of background yourself uh, and how'd you get started in this work? Yeah, so um, graduated small school in Oklahoma, um, played college basketball for a year, realized I'm just a five foot 10 white guy that wasn't that good of a shooter. <laughs> That's and the so, excuse that I always give too. Yeah. So although I'm a little taller, but uh, yeah, not a shooter. So that uh, wasn't going to happen. <laughs> so I went to University of Oklahoma and was a student, a student assistant for the basketball team, got lucky. And I mean, everything we do in our careers are always lucky, it seems like. And we, I went to junior college route and coached and finished my degree. Then I went to Wichita State as an assistant coach on the women's side. And then I went to Drake. My mom got sick in Oklahoma. And so I came back and started coaching high school basketball. And there I met my wife, um, taught, you know, taught classes, really decided I kind of want to be a principal. So then, I mean, just taught and coached, got my certification. And then uh, we've had two kids now. I have a five-year-old that has Down syndrome, which – I don't say that as a crippling fact. I say that because it has made a big difference on my leadership and mental health program that we'll discuss. And then I've got a one-year-old and my wife and I, you know, we, when I decided to be a principal for sure, and took the plunge as some say, um, we came up here because we wanted a smaller district and great for my kiddos to live in. And we, we kind of want, some people don't want to work with their spouse. We wanted to work together. And so we are in the same district. She is a teacher of mine and there's great days and bad days, but that's wow. where we're at. <laughs> I, I've known people in my career that have done that very successfully, by the way. Um, it is something that I don't think 
I could ever do with, with my wife. My wife's not an educator, um, but uh, my hat is off to, to all of you that can do that. Um, we appreciate our space, uh, you know, so that we can come back, you know, um, but uh, that's, that's amazing. I never got to work in a small school district uh, either. I was always in two large districts here, but I always wonder what that experience would have been like in a smaller community. Um, I think I really would have enjoyed it, but um, tell us how you got into, uh, you know, talking about mental health with uh, regards to kids and, and teachers. Yeah. So I was here last year at Burlington and we started looking at stats of attendance. I mean, things we all look at as principals, we look at attendance, our discipline referrals, our counselor referrals, and then talking to those kids and we really broke it down. I, I went, I've got all my state averages, but I don't, you know, for sake of time, I think we all can admit that our mental health and our is, is not good for either staff or students. And whether that's just stress levels, anxiety levels, um, coming out of, like we said earlier, coming out of COVID, we, there's a different type of education. And I know attendance for us was way down because our state said, you know, basically for a year, attendance didn't matter. Right. And, and so we were like, well, now they got to come back and now we're on them to get their work turned in late policies. And it, it was just a stressful thing. Not to mention we forget, and you've said this, but our parents went through issues. They're trying to figure out how to educate children at home, how to take off work, how to do all of that. So yes. as we started looking at all of those numbers, we realized there's a couple of things. Mental health is such a big part of any piece and I will never minimize any of that. But we took the approach, I sat down, first thing I did was sit down with my counselor and said, let's look at these numbers. And then we looked at them and realized we have a problem. Well, I said, I was a coach. So what do I do? I start thinking leadership. And I don't, I think leadership mental health is something that goes hand in hand um, in school systems. Now there's some things that are, um, you know, genetic or whatever you, whatever you believe on that, but there are obviously are issues, but leadership is simple as not bullying a kid that's already having a tough time. And so we wanted to take into the account of, okay, what are we going to do to help our kids that are struggling mentally in any aspect, whether it's education, at home, friends, because we had our own issues last year. Like we are a small district, but I mean, you look at our percentages, they were high. I've taught in very large districts and I, it's the same percentages a lot of times. It's just mm -hmm. here we have less kids. So it seems like a bigger deal. Um, so we started doing that. I met with my, my counselors and, and then I met with some staff and I said, okay, this is something that we want to look at and let's, let's start making a plan. And, you know, we, we really thought, okay, the five P's, and this is an old coach telling me this, but the proper preparation prevents poor performance. So we wanted to make sure we knew the issues. And so we talked to the teachers what issues they had as far as with the students. And first thing, it gets crazy because we everything we did was geared towards the students in the beginning. We never meant to do this for the staff until the very end. Mm -hmm. And but everything was geared. Isn't that what we do as educators? Everything's for the students. Everything's for the students. And we forget about ourselves. Oh, I've been it's, I, I, I got to interject here because I have written about this where that's exactly what we've done. And, and the result is and I know you see it with your staff it's teachers are exhausted because we've been so focused on the kids, which in an idealistic, perfect world, yes, of course, but we have as educators worn ourselves down so much and we didn't even know we were doing it. And then all of a sudden it's like, I can't do it 
anymore. And that's kind of where we're at now. We yes. don't look at our teachers and it's so important. So I'm, I'm glad to hear you say it as well. Yeah, we is interesting because we we talk about COVID and we talked about the parents and the kids and coming back. And what's happened is that our teachers have felt this way for years, decades. I mean, since the beginning of time, our teachers have felt so worn down. Well, now the parents felt that way and the kids came back feeling that way. And, and whether it gave us more respect or not, who knows, but people felt that way. Mm. And so after we met with our teachers, we met with students. We opened up to everybody. I didn't say, hey, if you're a straight A student or if you're an athlete, I said, any student that wants to come have a voice, we're going to meet at this time. And then we had multiple meetings and we did that. And so we did not, we didn't want to have anyone left out because you, you never know. And I even had some students come talk to me individually. Hey, I don't want to come and say what I think in front of everybody, but this is what I think. So we met with them and we had to be honest with ourselves. I think a lot of people don't do that. They, we all have problems. We admit that, but we don't admit we have problems that are fixable and how we're going to fix them. Yeah. And, and then we have some problems that we can't fix. And you'd like to think you can, but we only see them a certain amount of time. That's. Day. And that is really important as well. I think also for teacher wellness as, as well. I, I was the principal of a middle school for five years in a, in a very challenging neighborhood uh, where there were a lot of other issues that are happening in the community that I know my teachers, they, they felt the pressure of that. Um, and at the end of the day, we had to acknowledge and say, we can't fix what happens outside of our walls. We don't have any control over. We can just control... What happens with our students during the eight hours that we have them here? And it was almost that like release of like pressure that was, it had to be stated because we, we were dealing with some major things. Um, and again, like schools have been, and this happened during COVID, schools were just took on everything. It's like, let's add more to every educator's yep. plate. You know, decades ago, when, when I was a kid in school, my teachers taught the content. They my teachers didn't care about my mental health at all. It was, here's, here's, here's your homework. Here's some worksheets. And um, nowadays it's teachers have to be content experts. They have to be counselors. They have to be therapists. They have to be nurses. And it's like, we're, we're combining all this and yeah, teachers are, are, they've been feeling this for a long time, but I think this was that like catalyst moment where it's like, hold up, this needs to be addressed. Yes. Yeah. Uh Completely agree. So when I met with the students and even staff, we had a small group of staff in the summer we met with, we really found the following problems at our school. And every school, whoever's listening, you're gonna have something different. And it's gonna be a different way to fix it. But the idea behind it all, I think can be done anywhere. First off, we had poor leadership among students. Now we have great students and we have great GPAs and we have some great ACT scores, but we have students that, I mean, I would, I'll, I've just got done last week writing recommendation letters for, and I think they're going to succeed and be great. But a school district can't have four or five to seven kids that are great leaders and great people. But a leader, and I, we've went this far, a leader is only someone that has followers. And whether it's good mm -hmm. or bad, a leader is only someone who has followers. So they may be a great kid with an ACT score, but do they have followers? And are they molding them the way that you know, they, they can train, trade, train them to be just like they were with different, you know, personality and so forth. 
And the next thing is we realized our, our school district really had no clear goal. Every school district has this mission statement. We're going to do this and it's approved by the board. But what is our clear goal? And one thing we put in, we have a school goal now, you know, school motto and culture is huge. And we realized our culture was a little bit of everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then bullying. I think every school has an issue of bullying right now. We live in that world where mm-hmm. with social media and cyberbullying, it's tough. Oh, yeah. And so so with those things, that's what we came out with and said, this is what we're going to focus on. So I met with the teachers and staff and counselor again, and then we tried to address the problem. And so we came up with an idea and it was, OK, let's have each month a leadership focus and a mental health focus. And let's do something each month, not just talk about it, but something active. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'll share this with anyone that wants it. I know we talked, we can upload some stuff. I have a PowerPoint for it as well, but um, in August, so we, and this isn't anything new. We, we kind of tweaked some definitions, but we went on what are things that we can focus on. So in August, we said our, our leadership focus was going to be honor. We've created a definition. It was letting someone know how you see them and how valuable they really are. And then we that month we had someone come in and speak with them from Northwest Services, it's a counseling service around here. They did a whole program on it. And then what really went well was we did our school activity, which was positive papers on lockers. So in every locker in our school, and we actually had seven through 12, we had their name on it. And their peers were to go around and write something positive about their classmates. And I didn't know how good or bad this would be because, you know, kids, they could go write something. We have cameras. So we, if we could kind of pinpoint if someone wrote something negative, but it didn't happen. I mean, I was shocked. We had people, Hey, love your energy today. You're the funniest person I know. I love the color of your hair. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing. And in hindsight, there's some months that went really well. Some months that didn't as we get into this, but it's crazy because I want to take those down at the end of August. And the students like, no, leave them up. And they're still up today mm. in January. I mean, now, tell me, tell me, I've got a couple of questions. I think this is a great yeah. idea. Um, number one, just for comparative purposes here, you're, you're a seven through 12 school. Well, we have our school. We're small enough that we have buildings for each um, grades, basically. And so where I can kind of walk around, we have seven through 12, just all lockers. in gotcha. the three hallways. And then how many kids are at your school? So I'm over 144. Okay. So yes. So, and then, and then how did you manage if, um, cause I know this is the first thing I thought of, uh, I'm sure this was addressed. <laughs> um, you know, there's going to be kids that aren't going to get as many notes yeah. as others or even any notes. How did you navigate that? Because you also don't want it to be, oh, the teacher put something on my locker and no other kids did. How, how did you address that? Because obviously that would make, you know, compound the problem rather than help yes. it. So um, how did you address that? So we did have some students that didn't have as many. And I would go around each night and walk around and say, okay, we don't, we didn't want it to be even either because then it's too obvious. But true, we knew true. some students and this actually is a great question because it led into something we did later that I think is one of the best things we've done. But we did as teachers try to walk around and we would write some things. We didn't put a name like, hey, I think you're awesome, Mr. Spears. It was just a, a simple note. <laughs> And so we tried to make sure if there were some, but then I was able to go to who I knew were my leaders in my school and say, Hey, did you see little Johnny didn't have as many? Mm. What do you, what would you like? Well, yeah, I don't talk to him a lot, but can't you go write something down? And they would. 
Mm-hmm. Well, so it was a slow start. And then by the end of it, there were kids with three or four papers on their locker. And we didn't have anyone with less than two. Yeah. And so some didn't great. get as many, but it was awesome. But so we, we compounded always with that's the leadership. Then we wanted to hit bullying immediately. So the mental health for August is bullying. We brought someone in from the State Department. We did a bullying survey. We figured out what our key issues were. And I can say now uh, we're down 72% on bullying referrals this year than we were last year at this point. Wow. So I'm not sure if it's working or they're just not saying as much or we got, you know, better kids. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's all this, but there's a lot going on. You know, I can say as, as a, as a parent of two kids, uh, sixth grade and eighth grade, and I have two girls, uh, bullying is rampant out there. Um, yes. luckily my kids stay away from, from the vast majority of it. So, uh, if just from an outsider hearing your story, I would say that it's making a difference because it is so prevalent out there. When I talk yes. to school leaders and teachers from across the country, that it's a huge deal but i'm also picturing now like walking down the hallways of your school like notes and all the lockers and all these positive messages and if the kids are coming in and they've had a bad they had a bad night the night before or you know just stuff going on in their personal life or they're having issues with a friend they walk up to the locker and they're feeling really really down themselves and they see you know a note on there like hey you know you a really cool shirt today or like right. you know whatever it is like someone notices me you know someone cares about me and that you know I think it's so important um now what now how do you fold teacher mental health into that at the same time how do you address their needs so here's what we did there um I met with the teachers because I had a couple teachers like hey we're doing all this for the and it happened in September like we're doing all this for the students and we're realizing like we we would like some of that. So of course we'd put things on their doors and all that, but here's the biggest thing we did. And I'm having to adjust some things for next year. Cause this was not a plan this year. We got a staff book. It's called pause, breathe, flourish. And it's written from a, a he used to be a high school principal here in Oklahoma, William Parker. And he's actually our COSA director, which is the cooperative council of Oklahoma secondary. So, but he is getting out to do just mental health training. So he wrote this book. And so we meet once a month with staff. Now here's our issue. We don't have late start days yet. We're looking at that next year. Mm-hmm. And then we don't have one professional development day a month. So how do you do it? Well, I sent a, a survey out to my teachers and said, how many of you would be interested if I bought this book for you and meeting once a month and going over the chapter? And I had overwhelmingly, almost all of them wanted to do it. But, you know, and I'll say this, and I know it's going to be broadcasted, but like my boy's basketball coach wasn't real interested in it. He's a friend of mine. I've known him for a long time. Just wasn't. I mean, he said, hey, I feel pretty good where I'm at, and I'd rather use that time for the other things. So here's what we did. Um, him and the ones that didn't want to do that started making lesson plans for the students during that time. And so they go and they, they'll do like fun things. So they'll do leadership things. They'll do they'll play a day of dodgeball or wiffle ball. You know, they have, we have different areas to go kickball. So they do things like that while all the teachers meet during that hour. Mm -hmm. I will say one of the things I get kickback on from other people that I talk to about this is, well, that's a hour of educational time you're losing. And I agree with them. But I also think if the kids and teachers aren't mentally where they need to be, we've lost more than, than an hour. You know, we have gotten so crazy about instructional minutes 
I don't, any state, it's the same. And I hear it all the time, like, and as a principal, and I don't know if you had to have to do this in Oklahoma, but in California, I had to submit my schedule to my district and went to the board to, to show we had all the instructional minutes accounted for to like, to like the number, like it had to be perfect. And it was, I always thought it was a ridiculous thing to do. Cause it's like, I, I don't care how many hours I have it, it. It's more important to show how I'm filling those hours than how many hours I have. Yeah, and I more isn't better. Uh, and I think we've learned that from a lot of European countries that the, the day is shorter, um, the school year is shorter and they're doing just fine. Um, but it's how you spend your hours is so important. And I've had that too, where in, Hey, I was, I was a music teacher when I was a, when I, I was a middle school music. music teacher. There you go. And I remember sitting in ED and staffings as, as a teacher thinking, this doesn't apply to me. I could care less about learning the new writing program because I, I'm an instrumental music teacher. And so uh, I did something very similar. I, I would go off and do other things that would benefit the kids, um, you know, because that's that was my strong suit area. And I also felt like, you know, for a long time, I just sat in these meetings and did nothing. And I felt really like I just, I'm not doing anything, but now I'm contributing in a different way. And it worked out for everyone. So I'm glad you didn't force people to sit down and like, we're going to do this book study. Um, but hey, let's all get together because it really you're creating this vision of what, you know, mental health, you know, programming can look like at, at your site. And it, it is getting everyone involved. Yes. And, and like I so said, we're going to look at some adjustments, like some late start days next year so we can do this. Um, but it's it's been good. We've had teachers open up. I've learned more about some of my teachers in this time mm -hmm. than because how many times as principals do we go around and we observe and hey, how are you doing today? You want you want that uh -huh. cheese it packet I brought you, man? Like, but we'll sit here. And, uh, I mean, it's the truth. Packet. It is the truth. It is the truth. And uh, it took me. Uh, it was it I, when I figured out like those are the types of conversations I need to have. Not hey, do you want a cheese it packet? But like. Yeah do you feel comfortable in telling me what's what's happening with you personally? And it took a while uh, and I had to build up that trust with my teachers, but, you know, um, I would have them come in and say, you know, tell me, I had one teacher, I remember she came in and told me uh, her, her and her husband were separating and she didn't want anybody else to know, but she wanted me to know because, you know, she was upset all the time and rightfully so. And she's like, just in case anyone tells you like, what's wrong with me? Like ask you like, do you know what's wrong with her? I just want you to know what's going on, but please don't say anything. Um, and then other things that would happen, you know, and, and they would come tell me and it would, yeah, I, I was like, now I understand who you are better. And, and I would share things with them that weren't going so well in my life. And we became much more of a community and, and we got to, we spent so much time together at schools, but yet we know so little about each other, but it's like, you guys are my, you're my support network. Yes. I have friends outside of work, but I don't see them as much as you. In fact, I don't see my wife and my kids as much as I see you. So I need you to help support me here. And that is so, so important. Yes, sir. So, well, moving forward, you know, I won't go through all these like I did August, but September, our word was trust and our suicide prevention. You know, that again, that was number two. And I'll share this with everyone. We did a sticky note activity that much month where it was almost like the paper, but it was just like, you know, you can write something positive about someone, but like an action they did, something you trust them about. 
And so we had kids that, hey, thanks for grabbing my book. Thanks. And they write that on there. It was cool. October for everyone is Red Ribbon Week and drug prevention, you know. And so we just made that a big month. But here is, and I will share this with anyone that wants it. This is maybe the best thing we did. And I stole it from a friend of mine that's a principal at UConn. Um, I had to adjust it based on our school because her school's 10 times the size of ours. But we did a student staff parent. And I put out a survey to the students that said, are you level one, level two, level three with each teacher in our, in our building, including me, including Paris, like we did it all. Level one was like, hey, I know who they are. Level two was, I know who they are, I know their name, I know they go to class, but I, I respect them, that's about it. Level three was, I have a relationship with this teacher, I know who they are, I know, I know about their past, they know about me, and I feel really comfortable talking to this teacher. Well, then we did the same survey to the, all the staff, and this is where it gets interesting. Because yeah. you have staff, you have staff members that are like, oh, I know every kid on level three, but they don't. No. And, and so the kids, we started looking, well, we paired, to be short with it, we paired students with a staff member. So if they both were a level three for each other, they were paired. Um, we did not have any kids that were not paired with someone based on a level three or at least a level two. And so what I did, and the teachers don't know who they're paired with except for themselves. So like, I know who I'm paired with because some students chose me and I chose them and I know everyone else's, but like teacher A doesn't know who teacher B is paired with. That sure. was not released. And I did, there's some students that didn't really have a level three and they had a level two. So I called teacher and said, Hey, you're really close to making a difference in this kid's life. Let's get it to a level three. So you can be paired. Well, now little Johnny had come in school that morning. I'll see he's upset. What's up little Johnny? Ah, oh, rough night. I email or text that teacher. Hey, little Johnny's having a rough day. Why don't you grab him? And it has made a difference in our school because there's someone they can go to and talk to or a teacher without letting the teacher just, hey, how are you doing today, Garrett? Man, I'm doing good. Well, they may know I'm lying, but I reached out. They felt like someone cared right. that, they, that they trusted. And we started this in October because I heard it kind of stole it, like I said, in the idea. And we adjusted it for us. But it is possible. So UConn is a huge school district in Oklahoma, and she does this. With, I mean, I'm talking thousands of kids. Yep. Now, can it, again, we'll go back to teacher mental health. Well, is it a problem if a teacher has five or six kids? And you know what? Um, it hasn't been because teachers love kids. And it almost makes them feel better to be able to help a kid. Yep. And, and then they're not worried about all these kids either. They can do their job, but no. Maybe this kid wasn't a level three for them. They can still be nice to them, try to build relationships, but know that if that kid's on a rough day, they can let me know, then I go let their other teacher know. And it's been changing. Like, I mean, it's changed our school drastically. Right. I mean, I did it this morning. Yeah. You know what I like about this? And I did something similar um, at my middle school, not to the same capacity that you've done it. But um, what I always found interesting, and it sounds like this is what's happened at your school too, is that you know we have kids that have strong relationships with teachers that they don't necessarily have as teachers at that time. Yeah. And so they won't see that teacher that they have that strong relationship throughout like their regular day. So it's hard for them to check in with that person. But this layer gives that extra opportunity for the teacher also to seek out that student as well and just say, hey, how are you doing today? you know, uh, you know, is there anything you want to talk about? Or, you know, if they've gotten a heads up from you, you know, that right. something's up. So, you know, and I did this where we had some 
we had some really challenging kids and they butted heads with a lot of teachers, but I would find the one teacher they didn't butt heads with and be like, that's your new special buddy now. And so do me a favor, just check in with them. You know, if you, if you're walking around during passing periods, like you see them, like check in with him, you know, or, you know, whatever you got to do. And it did, it made a difference. Um, it was super helpful. And, uh, we saw uh, with our data, we saw disciplinary numbers go down um, because kids actually felt like they had someone they could connect with here now. And it hadn't been like that before. Yeah, it was interesting. I had, I mean, I had a middle school girl cheerleader who I didn't know I talked to very often. And she put me down as a level three. And I went and grabbed her because I didn't put her down as like, it was, I didn't <laughs> put her as level three. She was a level one for me. Like I know who she is, know where she lives. But, yeah. And so I grabbed her. Hey, I just want to make sure you did this right. She's, yeah, you you know, she didn't, I won't say talk me up. She's like, I just know you care. And I don't know if there's, right. you know, how, and it's funny how students sometimes they, they know you care, you yeah. know? And so it's, it yeah. made a big difference. So, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, I mean, that's amazing. And uh, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, you've put these structures in place, these programs in place. Um, what have you seen as far as from, um, so we've been talking a lot about mental health, Right. From an academic sense, what have you seen as a result of this work with the you know, mental health of both yeah, kids so and teachers? I don't have a ton of data yet on that, obviously, because we put it in this year. Last year, we did put a focus in on a school-wide ACT average we were hoping to get to, and we did see our ACT score go up. But as far as late papers, um, I, those have went down, you know, uh, are – and this is this is a crazy stat, but so we are exemption policy. I know some people have exemption policy, some people don't. We're for it because we basically say if you miss more than three days of school, that's not medical or school activity, you're not exempt. So our, our attendance has went up this year because we did that. And it's also if you have a discipline issue. Well, so long story short, we have seen, I think, in a mix, our, our GPAs are going up, our concurrent, our level amount of kids are taking concurrent classes are going up because I think they're seeing, they're here more and they're seeing a purpose of it. Um, but I, I think where we get more of the educational side of it is they're in the classroom more because they're not in the counselor's office talking about getting bullied or, and they're in the classroom yeah. more, be, you know, because they're not in the bathroom crying, you know, and yeah. I hate to say it that way, but that's the world we live in. Yeah. And I mean, you said you had girls, like, I don't, I don't hope that hasn't happened to them, but I've seen it happen. And I've had, had boys that were happening to, and they're in the classroom more, so they're getting educated more. Yeah, it hasn't happened to them, and I'll, I'll hopefully not yet, you know, or hopefully if it has, they've told me, but uh, I've worked with kids, you know, as an educator and principal teacher where, yeah, like kids in the bathroom crying, um, they were missing, we didn't know where they were, and so I'm sending my my school counselor, who's female, um, into the girls' bathroom to go see if kids are there, I'm going to the boys' bathrooms, Um and, and, and you know, one of the, the biggest things I learned as a principal in, in raising academic achievement for any kid is making sure they're present in class. Yes. That is the number one. Um, that's my focus on a lot of schools that I work with is, you know, let me let me see your attendance rates. You know, how many kids you have in your office. Um, and so if you can get kids to be at school more often and in class more often, they're going to learn more they're going to succeed at a higher level and reducing the amount of referrals, reducing the amount of like just emotional anguish, you know, is going to make kids more present and engaged in the instructional components in the classroom. That that's a, right. that's a no brainer, but it's right. hard. 
it's hard to do that. Um, so you got to have these structures and systems in place. And it sounds like you've succeeded in in creating something that I know it's still a work in progress, yes, but sure. it sounds like it's it sounds like I mean it's working, um, and that's wonderful to hear. Um, wow. Yeah. So some other things that we've done, you know, I don't, like I said, I won't go month by month. I can share this, but um, a good month we had was in November, we did courage and coping skills. Courage was leadership. Coping skills um, was our mental health. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we did some, like our students for the mental health side did journaling and muscle relaxing exercises. I mean, that sounds crazy, but we did, we taught our kids we, yeah. how to use relaxation. Like how, if you start stressing out, what can you do? And again, that goes back to the classroom. Like if you're getting frustrated in class, can you do something to not re remove yourself? Right. Can you take a deep breath? So we did some journaling, um, but we did so a jigsaw activity. And most principals know what a jigsaw activity is. But so I had different different grade. Every grade came in to a different hour. We used their, we had, we're huge in FFA here, Future Farmers of America. And okay. So I sure. used that hour. And so every class goes through that hour. I used them. They did a jigsaw activity where they read a different article on leadership and then they brought in what they thought their three biggest words were so buzzwords from their article and so each class like seventh eighth grade or seventh grade was respect enthusiastic open-minded eighth grade was vision morale consistency and i could keep going but then we went through after we got through all of them and said you know what what were the three main ones that were said the most out of every class and it was communication positivity and being responsible that if those three things were to happen in our school, we would have great leaders. And those were the three that were said the most. And so we, we did things like that. So it's just, it's been good. No, December, um, we did not do a mental health focus in December because it's such a short month, but I want to do leadership. So we did joy. And if you're on TikTok, I guess I don't have TikTok, but there's a bunch of them out there. I walk down up and down the hallways playing music in between every hour. And the first day, kids were looking at me like I was weird. And by the last day, we were having karaoke <laughs> sessions in the hallway. There you go. So, I mean, just, and again, like, we were just having fun. Teachers started playing music in their classrooms. Nice. And it's just, it changed a whole morale. Um, and I guess that's, if there's anything I've noticed on the mental health, on the teacher side and student side is, it's morale. You know, I know we, as principals, I see on the Facebook page, you know, what can I do? Can, and, you know, it's always like, well, let's do this and let's do this. And a lot of times it's food because that's the easiest answer. And that's a great answer. We all love food. Sure. Um, but it's what I realized is by playing music in the hallway, my teacher started dancing. And the kids danced with them. Mm -hmm. And it has changed. I won't say that, but just in general, the culture has changed. And so then what can you do for your teachers? Well, I learned some of my teacher's favorite songs because I let them do requests. And, you know, just little things like that. And we're not, it's not perfect right now. You know, we're, we're in the year one of it. We're just right now in January. I still have February, March, April, May left. Um, but I can tell you the focus of, on teachers, you know, giving them, it was crazy. The principal for me, and he's a good friend of mine, so I can say this. Like, we are always like, you can't leave your classroom. You can't go to the bathroom. You got to be in your classroom. Yeah. But I'm like, hey, text me if you have to go to the bathroom. It's a huge difference. <laughs> you know, a teacher being able to go to the bathroom during the hour is a huge difference. 100% agree with you. I, mean, I, I had that same phenomenon. Um, I remember my first, it was at the elementary school that I was a principal at. And um, I told my teachers at a staff meeting, I'm like, if you need to leave your classroom, 
call uh call call the office and just have them you know just say david can david come down and so i had teachers finally start to call saying like i i really need to go to the bathroom and i'm like i'll be there in 30 seconds yeah. and they thought like my teachers at the time like they're like i can't believe you would come down i'm like you're a human being like most people in their work environment they can use the restroom whenever they want to no one understands that if there's any non-teachers listening to this like it's a phenomenon that no one understands it's it's when you can eat and when you can go to the bathroom like there isn't like it's so structured and so like i agree with you things like that make a big difference and uh, when 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 school leaders approach school culture i feel like too many people try to do these big sweeping movements and let's you know spend tons of money and i agree with you music is i mean spotify account you know where this podcast is hosted i don't know, just six seven bucks a month you know yep. and then uh hey a, a free bathroom pass is it's free like it's just you know it's it's nothing but those things make a huge difference and, and, and that's what teachers remember as well yes. and kids will remember like oh remember when my principal played so and so in the hallway like you know because i was that teacher as a music teacher i would have an artist of the week and when kids walked in my classroom i was playing different music and i ranged between jazz and classical and then like and then metal and so like my kids remember like remember Ozzy Osbourne week and I'd be like yeah of course I do because it was awesome like they remember that stuff and then uh you know that again that, that makes them want to come to school more I agree it it's attendance increased mood yeah yeah so I mean that's what we've done one thing I know we're about time mm -hmm. but I, I want principals to know because I've struggled with this I I think we have to be honest said in the beginning i have struggled then mentally because i i've been like i gotta get my teachers happy i've got to get my kids happy and then i forgot about myself yeah. and and i think as principals i think teachers do that but i think as principals we really do that and so you know it's you know in the book that we're reading pause brief flourish because i'm doing it with them you know it talks about like what you put in is what you get out and i've had to create some time of waking up in the morning and reading on my own and spending time with my kids. And you, you mentioned that earlier when we were discussing, like how much time do you, you spend more time with your teachers than you do your family. But I think as principals, we have to remember if we don't take care of ourselves either, we can't take care of anyone else. I 100% uh, agree with you. I, I remember taking mentally taking work home with me and not being the greatest husband and father uh, because I was just so consumed with the work that I did. And uh, you're right. I mean, teachers spend so much time taking care of their kids, they forget about themselves. Principals do the same thing. And, uh, you know, message out to everyone, take care of yourself, you know, um, practice those mental health strategies, do what you need to do, because if you're not at your best, you will not be able to help those you're supposed to be helping uh, to the best of your abilities. So, um, Garrett, if, if, if any of our listeners want to learn more about uh, kind of this message. Uh, is there a way that they can can reach out to you or find some more information? Yeah. So my email uh, is just G Spears. That's G S P E A R S at Burlington B U R L I N G T O N School dot com. So G Spears at Burlington School dot com. I'll share my PowerPoint. I'll share everything we do during the month. I can show the I did a Google form for that, you know, teacher student pairing and start, share all of that. I mean, we're all in this together. So if anyone needs anything, they reach out, awesome. 
it's easier to email me because it's always on my hip on my phone. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you. And we'll put all that. Um, we'll, we'll gather some some resources uh, from Garrett and we'll we'll put it in the notes section here uh, in the podcast. Uh, and then if you've got you know mother questions or other things you want to ask, uh, we'll have make sure we have Garrett's email in there as well. But thank you so much for uh, for coming out here. I'm talking about such a really important topic. I uh, I picked up some nuggets, like you said before. Like you know, you, you steal you steal things along the way, and uh, I definitely I got some ideas that uh, I think I'll probably be sharing out uh, with schools uh, when I work with them. But uh, thanks so much, uh, and appreciate your time and everything you do with your kids over at Burlington and. Um, Thanks for just being a guest here on the Principal's S podcast. I appreciate it very much, David. All righty. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.